I know I could figure out a way to do it, but it wasn't going to be with joy. It wasn't going to be with pleasure. It was going to be stressful. Welcome to the Productivity is Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the program, I'm joined by Marithu Parikh. Marithu is the author of Accomplish It, Seven Simple Actions to Get the Right Things Done and Achieve Your Goals. And we talk about, you know, the idea of getting stuck in a state of stuckness, because that's really sticky. <laughs> we also talk about the idea of journaling, whether or not Marithu journals. We talk about how to ask for help and how you can figure out what to ask for help in. And then the seven simple actions that she goes over in this book. I've known Ruthu for a while now. I had the pleasure of meeting her in person at Jeff Goins' Tribe Conference. Um, I'm really excited to have her on the program today. I know you're going to get a lot out of this and maybe accomplish something when you're done. Let's get on to the conversation I'm having with Ruthu Parikh here on the Productivityist Podcast. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome Ruthu Parikh to the Productivityist Podcast. Ruthu, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So your book, Accomplish It, Seven Simple Actions to Get the Right Things Done and Achieve Your Goals. I'm holding this book in my hot little hands right now. Actually, they're kind of cold because we're recording this in, in, in the wintertime up here. Um, uh, before we get into the, the, the seven simple actions, I want to ask you, how important is it that you made these actions simple inside of this book? So important <laughs> because uh, I'll tell you what's not in this book is any time management jargon or productivity, you know, words that are out there. It really, truly is real life. Like this is productivity meets real life of a mom, business owner, friend, daughter, wife, coach, you know, it just what we're all are dealing with in real life. So I needed this to be practical doable, something you could just read a chapter and say, I know exactly what to do right now. And I can quickly do this on my phone or I don't have to wait a week or I don't have to go buy a software. I don't have to download anything. This is just stuff I can start doing immediately. So yeah, thanks for asking that. No one's asked me that because that was, that was probably one of my biggest goals for this book was to make it completely simple and practical. Well, and I think one of the things that you touch on right away is the idea of getting stuck. And I think simplicity can help with that, but it's not easy. And, and I think that that's, there's a distinction between easy and simple. I think that a lot of people, uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff, they, they, they think, you know, that they're, they're congruent. They, they have some similar components, but easy and simple are different. And, and I want to talk about that first component of, of being stuck and almost getting um, maybe complacent or really comfortable. Why, and you address this in the book, but I want, want to hear it from you. Um, I've done a talk on the state of stuckness before, and it's very, uh, it, it's it's fascinating that why people get stuck. There's been apps and different uh, programs around getting unstuck. Why do people stay in this state of stuckness? You know, it's so in, in some ways, it's actually so comfortable <laughs> because you don't have to make a decision necessarily. You fall into, we've all heard that term paralysis analysis, right? You kind of fall into that paralysis of, uh, if I stay here, I don't really need to take a risk in terms of deciding what is the next action or what is the right next thing to do or, you know, like just, yeah, what do I do next? Um, 
And so it is, it's a very complacent place. It's safe. It's secure. There's no chance of going out of your comfort zone of things getting messed up or not working out as you planned. And that causes states like procrastination, right? Like, or, or maybe it's part of it's because perfectionism, you just want to make sure it's perfect. And so it's just a very comfortable place to be. And, um, it usually comes without judgment. (laughs) Usually, you know, it just keeps you like safe and secure. A lot of people when they face making changes and they're, they're picking up a book like yours and they're like, you know, I need to, it's not just about getting things done. You know, David Allen's talked Mm -hmm. about this. And I think that, um, when you dig into that book, it's like, okay, it's more than just getting things done. It's, it's almost like getting mm-hmm. the right things done. It, it, it can be a complicated system for people. We're both very familiar with David Allen's work. Um, the goal part, achieving your goals, that's, that's the thing, that's the piece that you've kind of added on as like a, it's not just get the right things done, but it's and achieve your goals. Um, one of the things you touch on is people get, s- when they're stuck, but they also tend to get um, caught up in this idea that, there's no way I can do this. It's impossible. But you don't agree with that entirely. Can you touch on like how that possibility can arise from people living in this place of no, 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 that's impossible? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like this book is all about your feelings, which is a really weird way to look about productivity. And if I, and I put on the title, it's about your feelings, no one would buy it, right? So right. <laughs> if, if so, um, but if you, it's so yes, it's about creating freedom and the space to, to live the life you're meant to live. But ultimately for me, that's going to come from how you feel. So if you feel accomplished, if you feel successful, you're motivated, you're happier, you're more joyful, you spread the goodness and the energy to your family and your colleagues and your friends, like, right. You're just like a better human being when you feel really good. And so when you are, when I, when I'm tying this back to your goals and, you know, getting out of this place, it's like, well, let's just focus on what's going to make me feel really good. Like what is going to, at the end of the day today, when I put my head down, if I did these three things, what would they be that would make me feel like, Hmm, I got something really good today. I contributed to the world. I added value to my family or to myself or took care of that. You know, just what would make you feel really good. And I think if you come from that place and internalize that, that will just guide you to kind of get over that hump and be like, no, you know what? I can do this because I'm just going to focus at least some part of my day on what makes me feel good. So I have this thing called the, the baseline for a productive day or the minimum viable productive day. And I have five things. I call it my daily waves because I love acronyms or initialisms. And it's like, mm-hmm. if I write something, if I do some form of audio, if I do some form of video, if I do some exercise and I do some form of study, that's a that's that's the minimum viable productive day. So I can look at it and go, yep, you know what? I did all five of those things. That's, you know, and I could have written anything. I could have done an audio for anything. So I think that's really powerful. One of the things that um, I want to get into a little bit here is when the emotional component, because I do believe that that's something, and we mm-hmm. talked about this before we started recording, like that's the part that kind of gets uh, tossed by the wayside because everything related to like to-do lists and calendars, it's very... I can say clinical, but um, we'll use that word like very, you know, like cut and dried, you know, like this is a thing I need to do or this thing I must do. And and, um, I want to talk about the idea of journaling, because I think when Mm -hmm. you have that, like those top three and you can look back like you were just talking about and saying, hey, you know, I did do something like this was a good day. How does journaling fit into that? Does it fit into that for you? And, And if so, how do you how do you have that practice in place? So I think that. Writing, so I would use the word more writing than journaling, just because I think, first of all, I think journaling can 
it again shuts people down sure. sometimes. It feels overwhelming. And so I think just any form of writing is going to kickstart it. And if your habit turns into, hey, I want to expand this and do more of a journal type, or maybe it's I just have a Word document and I keep track of my top three goals for each day. You know, it, it, to me, it, it, it's whatever resonates best with you and what fulfills you. But some type of writing, yes, absolutely, Mike, I think is is so important. It is going to anchor you. It just really anchors you to, to, to these thoughts of what is most important? What are my priorities? How am I feeling? What makes me feel good? You know, it's, it's a really solid foundation to start your day or end your day, right? And that's like when and maybe at the end of the day, it's like, well, then did I do what I thought, you know, what I wanted to do? And if not, then how can I make changes tomorrow to help me get there and achieve my goals? Um, it is a practice, I think, that it, it, it's not taught. Like we don't we don't necessarily like learn to do that as we're growing up or maybe actually, now that I think about it, I did have a little diary, I think when I was growing up, but you know, typically we're not taught to do that. So I think it's a practice that's completely undervalued because the power of it is, is tremendous and just helping you keep focused on track, making you feel good, um, you know, and really tying you to emotional, to feelings like gratitude. Um, or empathy, or just, you know, success, there's all these feelings. When we get deeper into the book here, we talk about like breaking things down. Like what I love about this book is that you're not, I think this is not uncommon, is you're not like sitting here going, here's a system, here's this. Like you're bringing up other, like you bring up the Eisenhower matrix, you bring up like systems that are tried, tested, and true, which I, I think is 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 va valuable because there's some familiarity around those for people who have either, that are that have spent time studying productivity or are new to it because there's some simplicity around it, right? Like the Eisenhower matrix is, is a fairly simple concept. Uh, it, acting upon it and putting it in place can be challenging, but the actual concept is fairly simple. Um, you talk about energy levels, and I'm a huge believer in energy levels when it comes to productivity. And and I don't think, you know, we don't take into account that nearly often enough. How do you, in, in the book, let's talk about it a little bit, but also when you're working with people, like, how do you get them to tap into their energy levels when it comes to working on their to-do list and, and just generally trying to accomplish the things that they want to accomplish? That's a great question. Yeah, I think that everybody kind of knows their energy levels, but they might not be in touch with them. So you, it's something you might, again, might not think about kind of like journaling. It's not a practice that we talk about a lot. So when you are, when you can take the time to pull yourself away from the day to day and really think about it, it, it will come to light. Like, when am I the happiest? When do I have most creativity? When am I the sharpest? When do I, or when at the opposite, do I need a, have a slump? When do I need a coffee? Is it three o'clock? Is it one o'clock? Is it five o'clock? You know? Um, and these are things we, we start identifying. There's some kind of natural energy. And then there are other, there's other types of energy that we can kind of help motivate that maybe it is a little sluggish, but what are some things we can do to help during those times? And by the way, those are sometimes really counterintuitive, like take a nap when you're actually tired instead of trying to fight through it and getting another coffee, or maybe it's just eating better in the morning and that will pull you through the morning better. I mean, there's, you know, there's different ways, but I couldn't agree more, like really thinking that through and then aligning that with what's on that list and what you have to do for the day is only going to set you up for better well, better results, using your energy um, more efficiently, and and again, you know, tackling the stuff that makes you feel really good. 
All right. I want to dig into recurring tasks a little bit because mm -hmm. you mentioned that in the book. Yes. Here, here's, here's something I want to, I wouldn't ch not, not say challenge, but I find um, for myself and for others that those actually don't tend to be the tasks that fall by the wayside, but they tend to be the tasks that I do because they're simple, quick, almost easy. And then I, 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 because there's so many of them, right? Like I, once mm -hmm, you get, mm -hmm. I, so you, you talk about beware of them and I want you to touch on that. But I also want you to talk about the danger of if you're almost hyper aware of them and you, you, even the easiest, like the easiest ones and you end up doing them. We talked about the wrong, you know, we talked about energy levels and stuff, but sometimes like for me, I think that they can either get in the way or they become the, <laughs> they, they, you know, I do them all. I'm like, okay, those are all done. Oh, now it's time to do the big one that's not recurring. And oh man, that's so big. How do you combat that? I I, I know what you're, I think I know what you're going to say about those big tasks, but I want to like kind of tie the recurring tasks and the big tasks together and, and how you would work with someone uh, and how the book kind of takes on like how to handle those in a way so that you do feel like you're not just accomplishing those recurring tasks that you might've let slide, but also the bigger ones that you know, if you don't do that, they're, you're not going to have the impact that you want. Yeah. So yeah, I think I know, I know what you're referring to in the book. And so there's different types of recurring tasks and we all have that, right? Some you put on there and you're right. You do, you manage them, you do them every day. Like it's just part, at some point just becomes habitual. You don't might not even need it on your calendar, but you know, it's there and that's a great reinforcement and I'm all for that. And then there are the other recurring tasks that you put on there and you see, it's like, go to the gym, go to the gym, go to the gym, you know, like every day it pops up the notification and you just close it and it pops up and you close it or you shift it and it just, you're glossing over it. Literally, you're just glossing over it. And those are the ones that I'm, that I say, beware of those simply by putting it on your calendar isn't enough. If it's not motivating you to take action, if you're glossing over it, if you don't even remember it's there anymore, it's an annoying pop-up, it's time to reevaluate. If that should be there, chances are no, take it off. And one other practice I talk about is planning your day every day and not, you don't have to plan it down to every minute or every half hour, but your general big, those big to do's. And I think this is where we might tie into some of those, those other recurring tasks, like things that are really important to you. Right. And I would say, actually put them, plan them out on your calendar every day, even though you're doing them every day, don't put it as a recurring task. So the example I think I gave in the book, I think that what I, I put that one was um, read, was uh, reading the paper or watching the news, something with the news. I was like, yeah, I'm really yeah. out of the news. Any anything yeah. that's kind of, for lack of a better term, glib. Like it's it's like if yeah. you if you miss it for a day, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna, it's not gonna kill you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I kept putting that, I had a recurring thing, like read the paper every day. Cause I just wanted to get more in touch with like what was going on. And at some point after probably four or five days, it just became, yeah, I'm not even noticing it. And that was the point where I knew I need to take this off and actually start planning. So maybe it's not 7am every morning. That's clearly not working. Maybe today when I plan my day at seven, but tomorrow when I'm planning my day, it's at three o'clock. And maybe the following day when I plan my day, it's at bed when I'm you know going to sleep, but like, that's what I'm going to read. Um, and so those are when I'd say you need to add that into your daily plan versus mm -hmm. just, you know, leaving it recurring. Right. And then, yeah. And then what, it, and then you were saying like, what about the things that are on there, but you just kind of do by obligation versus working on what you should be working on? Is that? Yeah, I think so. But I mean, also those bigger tasks that are like, you know, you, you end up getting those ones that you said are like, are kind of, you know, they, they, I'm not going to say they're the ones you don't need to have on there anymore because they're kind of, mm -hmm. but then there's the ones that are big that you've, because you've had those smaller, like almost uh, uh, empty calorie 
recurring tasks mm-hmm. for life. Mm-hmm. Those bigger ones, by the time you get done those, it's like it's like when you, <laughs> I'll try to use this as a metaphor. It's like when you you um, you snack all day and then you're ready for a big meal and you can't eat because you've you've snacked. You've snacked on these little mm-hmm. things all day and now it's time for the big meal. Um, would you break that down? Like like those bigger tasks, like. Uh, I know I, I tell people that big tasks are like really look to see if it is in fact a task or something small, like, like, is it a project more or less? Do you find yes. that that happens too? Yes. So my other personal example for that one would be do financials, do financials. It's every Friday I was do financials Ugh. on my calendar. It would never happen. <laughs> no. Right. Never. Cause I was like, that was the worst thing for me to ever put on my calendar. Like who wants to, well, I, I mean, I hate doing that. Of course, there are some people who'd love to do that, but it was the worst thing for me. And it's so big and so heavy and so overwhelming for me to think about that, that it was never going to happen. When I finally switched that to more, some, it might be like update weekly spreadsheet or look at P&L for the week or, you know, um, in, you know, update receipts into, you know, something, just a small piece of it then definitely I could get back on track, start doing something. But that big looming project every week was never going to happen. It's like clean the garage, clean the garage every weekend on your calendar, never going to happen. Maybe just like take the bikes to Goodwill. Okay, we could do that, you know. Um, So yeah, I totally agree. Breaking that down is so important for you to stop glossing, glossing over that, but really motivate you to take action. And then what happens? You start taking some action. You start feeling really good about it. So action then leads to inspiration. And so you feel more inspired to take the next step and the next step, but you've got to start taking that action because it feels good. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash productiveconvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. 
Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, we're going to take a break from our conversation, but when we come back, I'm going to talk about how Marith, who's also a fan of initialisms, and we'll find out why, what you need to invest in to help and how to get started when you need help, and then how to actually read this book that I'm holding in my hands. But first, I want to talk to you about an automation tool that I absolutely love. And, and you know, growing a business is hard especially when you're wasting hours every day moving data from emails to spreadsheets. I mean, automation can do that. And then you're moving them to your CRM or wherever else you need it to go. You're trying to connect a bunch of dots and that's not something that you should be doing. Remember my, my motto, one of the sayings I've said is your mind was meant to be a factory, not a warehouse. That kind of stuff should just happen and you shouldn't have to lift a finger. Well, Zapier can help. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. I absolutely love it. I am digging in deeper and deeper into what Zapier can do for us. I mean, it connects, you know, services that I'm using and allows me to make sure that they are talking to each other so that I don't have to talk to them. There's no more wasting time on tasks that you know could be automated with Zapier. Zapier was built exactly to handle all that kind of stuff. Just go to the special link right now if you want to check out Zapier. Zapier.com slash timecrafting and then connect the apps that you use the most and Zapier takes it from there. You can instantly engage with leads through your CRM uh, and then have that connect to a spreadsheet. You can notify your team so that they can act fast on every single opportunity. I mean, we're planning this event right now called The Big Ready. We've connected a whole bunch of things with you know Google Drive and Slack. There's so many things that Zapier can do. And because that's Zapier's job. You don't have to worry about, uh-oh, did an API change on one and now all these things are broken. You know you can go to Zapier and either connect the things that you know may not necessarily connect easily uh, on their own, or you can establish new connections to apps that you've just started using there's just so much that Zapier has to offer. And that's just scratching the surface. Zapier supports more than 1,500 business applications. So the possibilities are virtually endless. I'm struggling to even share with you right now all of the ways that we use it. And my friend Jimmy Rose has a course about Zapier that I've been taking as well. So I can leverage even more of what Zapier has to offer. I want you to be able to leverage what Zapier has to offer as well. So right now, through the end of this month, try Zapier for free. Just go to zapier.com slash timecrafting. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R.com slash timecrafting for your free 14-day trial. Zapier.com slash timecrafting. And yes, I'm Canadian, so I say Z, not Z. But if you need to, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com slash timecrafting. Zapier rhymes with happier and it makes my work life happier and it'll do the same for you february is fast approaching and that means the big ready is fast approaching it's my live event summit with some amazing speakers that i can't wait to bring to vancouver british columbia canada just a 95 minute ferry ride from where i live on vancouver island and i'm really excited that uh, we've announced recently that chase reeves is joining us now chase is a He's a, he's a great guy. He's got tons of energy and he's going to bring that to the big ready along with 
all of the other featured guests that I've brought to this event in Vancouver, Marie Poulin, who is just, you know, well known for her notion stuff, but there's other things that she does as well. Russell Lawlicker, Angela Crocker, New York Times bestselling authors, Mark and Angel Sharanoff. It's just, there is so much that you are going to be able to do with this extra day that we get in 2020. I would love for you to join me at the big ready. It's only $99 Canadian for a ticket. And that's only, of course, until Groundhog Day. At, after February 2nd, the ticket prices go up. So if you're interested in joining me and a, a slew of stellar guests and, and just like-minded people that are ready to take action with the bonus day that we get and marry their intention and attention and just have a great time, join me at The Big Ready. You can go to TheBigReady.com to learn more. And by the way, there is an extra VIP opportunity as well that you can find out there as well where you can join me for three hours so that we can take the intentions and attention that you kind of hone at the main event on the Saturday and take it to the next level the next day. All the information can be found at thebigready.com. I hope to see you there. Now let's get to my productivity podcast pick of the week. And this, this podcast does not need my help, but it's one that I kind of didn't really listen to until a very recent episode. It's the Joe Rogan experience. Yes, I know. I know he's got millions of listeners already, but I kind of dismissed Joe Rogan's podcast based on the fact that I just didn't, you know, I mean, I knew he was a comedian. And I'm, I'm again, I'm a guy who loves comedy, but I just didn't know what I would get out of it. And then he had Robert Downey Jr. on the episode and I've been paying a bit more attention to Joe Rogan's YouTube channel. And I started to look at some of the other guests he had and it reminded me a lot of what Dax Shepard is doing on his program, Armchair Expert. But Joe's been doing it for way, way longer. So if you are interested in listening to the Joe Rogan experience, there are several several episodes that I would encourage you to listen to. Uh, he's had Malcolm Gladwell on the program, Bill Burr, who's a great comedian. Um, Nikki Glazer was on who, I mean, her comedy is not everybody's cup of tea, but she does talk about how she quit drinking. Things like that, the, the unconventional things that you can find on, uh, on a podcast, especially a podcast you didn't normally expect. I think that's kind of a, 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 a cool thing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my uh, recommendation out to give the Joe Rogan experience a try. It's my productivity podcast pick of the week. Now let's get back to my conversation with Mridhu Parikh here on the productivity podcast. Okay, so now I want to talk about action because when you look at the book and you go through the chapters, all of mm -hmm. a sudden there's this initialism. I talked about my initialisms earlier on with the daily waves. There, the, the seven simple actions, they stand for something. The word actions is an initialism. Is That's the case. Can you go into, we've talked about a few of them, but let's let's actually do kind of that Cliff's notes, like, hey, here's what they all, all seven are, and then we'll dig into the remaining ones we haven't touched on yet. Sure, absolutely. Yes, it is. I know. It was a little spoiler alert. That's right. The seven actions are this, like that <laughs> acronym for the seven actions. So A, I'd say, and so I start the book by saying, if you do A and A alone, you will reach like productivity guru status. Like that's probably the biggest impact, although all of these are important, but, and that's to avoid distractions. And I know you've gone in depth on this on your podcast and everybody knows that they're the biggest enemies of our focus and our concentration. And but really, if we can start taking control of that and getting back to things that we used to cherish, like attention and good old fashioned eye contact, uh, you know, your your personal success, your professional success is going to increase just hundredfold. So that one, I'd say, is, is a really important one. Um, and we can dig into that later if you want more. 
Sure. Can I move into the next? One? Yeah, let's move okay. on. Let's get through all. Let's, and then I want to dig into uh, talk from personal experience about help. But we'll get into that in just a minute. Let's let's go through the remaining ones. Okay, perfect. So C is to commit to your priorities, or I like to say commit to your power hour, and that is really the committing to this time frame every morning that's undistracted, ruthlessly focused to just have one hour at most. And if that freaks you out, start with 30 minutes of focusing on your biggest priorities for that day. Okay. So that's yep. a, that's yep. another one. It's a great, easy one. T is to time block, blocking your time. Again, I know you, you're, you're a big fan and we talk a lot about this, but not just for the meetings and the appointments and doctor's appointments, but to actually get the work done. So you can plan your days accordingly and not overestimate or underestimate. So yeah. that's a big one. We're recording. We're, I, reco- we're recording right now on my listening day because Wednesdays right. are the days that I focus on audio. So it, it removes that's decision right. fatigue, which I think is a fantastic tool too. Yep. The I is to invest in help. Um, so that is delegating and just not taking everything on yourself and just suffering it through it because there's, there's so many other ways to get support. So that one's invest in help. The O is own your voice. And this essentially is about communicating and being able to say no, because as we know that every time we say yes to say, saying yes to something, we're saying no to something else. So how do you say no to the right things so you can say yes to the things that are more meaningful? The N is no more in your head which is all about writing everything down. Every thought, every list, every idea, every program, everything, write it down. So uh, we don't forget anything. Nothing falls through the cracks. And this is a great habit and really, really keeps you organized and on top of things. And the final, the S, is to systemize. Creating systems and processes in all across your life, whether it's home life, work life, to really support everything you've done to this point. Getting, getting supporting your priorities and your time blocking and investing in your help. They've got to be systemized or you risk failure. So let's talk about that last one, systemize. Um, why is it so important that that is kind of the last thing that you focus on? Because it looks because it's spelled up. I mean, as you were going through that, uh, it was pretty clear to me as someone who spent time in this, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's literally the path that it should be down. Sure. You can work on some of them concurrently, but you should focus on, to me, you should focus on each letter kind of, you know, bit by bit. So if you're going through the book, the great thing is you can come back to things like the way the, the way Mm -hmm. you've written the book is not like, okay, do this first and then go on to the next section. It's, I think the best way to read your book is to go through, like kind of take notes as you go, dog ear it, post-it notes, whatever you need to mark it up. And then, but the last piece seems to be like built as you go and then kind of fine tuning it. Would that sound about right? Yeah, I think the way, so the way I wrote the book and you're right, it was kind of, you, you read through it and then you pick one chapter, you pick the one that resonated with you the most. So what do you really need to focus on? Cause everyone's at a different journey, right? And everyone's at a different place. And sometimes people are like, if I could really get this time blocking thing better, this would make a massive impact. Or someone's like, I really kind of have some of this stuff down, but I just need a system behind this. So the way it's set up is it's like I said, they're very simple and they're very simple tools and techniques and a lot of personal examples in there. And you go back and you say, this is where I want to start. Because I think that the, the 
challenge comes in is when we're trying to do five different things at one time. We're like, I'm going to avoid the distractions. I'm going to block my calendar and I'm going to create a system. You know, we're trying to do all these things and that's just as a recipe for failure. So it sort of arm you with the tips and tools with, and then, you know, you go back and pick one. But yes, I would agree with you. I think that once, if you went in order, if you went in order of these actions, once you're really clear on, you have clarity on what am I? trying to do? You know, what makes me happy? What are my biggest goals? How will I commit to them? Where will I make the time? Where will I get, you know, the support and then systemize around it? It just feels really natural because it's hard to create that system if you're not even clear of where you're going, right? So it's, I would say it's like you're creating a roadmap. And so if you're creating, if you can't create a system, if you don't even know your end destination yet, so you got to create that roadmap, get to the end point and now say, let me, let me create a system that helps support that. How do you figure out what to ask for help in because, and I'll speak from personal experience as I, as I was going to get to that is like right now I'm producing the podcast across mm-hmm. the board on my own. And I used to have a producer, John, who was great. Um, but we, I wanted to take it back and, and kind of, you know, fine tune the process and, and take a bit more ownership of, of, uh, which I guess I wanted to own my voice, but in a different way. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I know that that's something I'm going to give up again at some point. I know that that's one area that I can ask for help because I was willing to have help in it before. But for somebody who's never like, like they just feel like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I, I that I need to do, which we know is a, is is not is not necessarily true. How do you how do you figure out what to ask for help in so that you're able to actually ask for help? Yeah. So some really clear signs, and this is a great time to pull out the journal or do a five minute brain dump. Ask yourself, like, what frustrates me so much? What is so overwhelming to me? What frustrates me? What do I dread doing? We all have those. You're like, this sucks the energy out of me. This is definitely not making me feel good. It's not going to inspire me to do, you know, the next thing or motivate me. And it all comes back to your goals, right? And having clarity. If you're, if you want to live a life that's that's full of value and how you're contributing and joyful and those and those are not in alignment with it you want to start there i'd say go back to the feelings again so if you focus on what sucks my energy out and what's overwhelming and what do i hate to do i would say start start with that list and then when you're looking at that list let's say you have five or six you know different tasks on there pick one so we're going back to breaking it down getting really clear not overwhelming ourselves pick one just one at a time it's like okay here's one it's it's i Oh, the thing just like makes me cringe all the time. Let me see what it'd be like to just dip my toe in the water and get some support and some help over here, which by the way, probably where systems come in. And if you're going to be bringing somebody else in, it's like, well, how does, you know, how do they prepare this, this task or develop it or create it? So you're kind of creating a system around it, but just start, start there. So, because what you'll do is just gain confidence. Like the more you kind of offload or the more you feel the success or the less weight that's on your shoulders, the more likely you are to, hey, let me dip my toe into the next one and the next one. But again, start with the things that you're really dreading or just feeling just terrible. All right. I'm going to move on to the, the, uh, the owning of your voice now. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on a bit of a hot seat here. What was the last thing you said no to that you really were struggling to say no to, but you did it anyway, so you could live up to what you've got in this book. I was struggling to say no to, but I did do it. No, you were struggling and you said no, even though you, because that's the, I think that's the easier one. Like, I think it's easier to say like, oh, I'm going to do it because I'll do it. Like, I mean, and I've done that way too many times. I actually have a button that I got at like the dollar giant store here and it just says no. 
like you know there's the easy button from staples yeah. or office depot there's one mm-hmm. that just says no and i have it sitting uh next to where i read because it reminds me like if i'm if i start to have this thought of i should do this i'm like i just hit it no and and again daily theming and monthly theming and all these things kind of help me stay on the on the straight and narrow not not kind of deviate too far but when it, but i want to because we we often teach what we need to learn the most right like that's one of the mm-hmm. things so what was the thing that you said no to that you were maybe gonna say yes to but you're like no 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 and then no Yes. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'm glad you gave me a minute to think about it, but I know exactly what it is now. It was, I was asked to blog on uh, somebody else's platform, like be a, uh, a consistent guest blogger. And that was a tough one for me because uh, for so many reasons, it would have been some good visibility. I love blogging. Uh, there was just, there was, there was reasons it would work. You know, there was, it was it, to my benefit. I love making impact. It was a great person. Um, there was all, all these great things, but I knew that I, I just didn't have the, the time. I felt like it. Okay. So back to my feelings, this mm-hmm. was going to stress, this was going to stress me out. I could do it, but I was, I could do it. I know I could figure out a way to do it, but it wasn't going to be with joy. It wasn't going to be with pleasure. It was going to be stressful. And so I ultimately decided that even given all the benefits that it wasn't a good choice to me. And then I was kind of agonizing over that email, you know, like, how do I say this? And I don't want to be disrespectful. And I really want to know how much it meant to me. And so I really just got honest with that. And of course, as as usual, when we, we overthink these things in our head and when we actually put it out, most people are really awesome and are great. And we're like, absolutely understand, you know, let me know if something works out the next time. So that's what I'd say it was. All right. As we get close to wrapping up, I want to talk about you know, the idea of writing things down. We talked about journaling mm-hmm. earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, I've, I've got this phrase I throw around says capture everything, regret nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I want you to kind of reinforce, I've said this before, but the, the importance of writing things down, even the mundane, even the thing that you think, I mean, field notes has mm-hmm. a slogan says, I'm not writing it down to remember it later. I'm writing it down to remember it now. So mm-hmm. how do you help someone? Again, there's, the, there's this bias that shows, nah, nah, I don't need to write it down. I'll remember it. Or you know what? It'll come, you know, it'll come to pass like Chris holiday lights is, you know, we're recording this close to the holiday season and you know how most people remember to put up their lights is one of two ways. Number one, they see the calendar dates slipping away, slipping away, like, oh, crap, the holidays are coming, I got to put these up. Or they're driving around or walking around their neighborhood and, or their city or whatever, and they see holiday decorations going, oh, yeah, that's right, I got to put the decorations up. Instead of, mm-hmm. like, creating, like, I have a recurring task that tells me, like, hey, every December 1st, boom, it's now. And it doesn't say do it. That's the other thing, too. I think that's a fallacy. Oh, if I don't do it, there's a problem. All I wanted to do is we talked about productivity earlier before we got on the call, the intention and attention thing. I just wanted to have my attention, like consider putting my Christmas decorations up today. And then if the first doesn't work and I don't actually this year, it will work because it falls on a day that I would normally do something like that. But if, if it was on the wrong day, I'd go, okay, well, no, what day should I do it? That seems reasonable. But I wouldn't have done that if I didn't capture it. So how do you help people with this idea of, yeah, you know what? I'll remember it later. Oh, no, you know what? I don't need to write that down. It's, it's not that big a deal. So the thing I always, the, my saying is um, every time you think I'll remember that later, switch that and think, I will not remember that later. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Like every time that thought comes in, you and I will, and I would say I'm such a positive person, but here I'm going to tell you something really negative. I want you to switch it to a negative. Say I will not remember that later, and everyone laughs at that, but it's so true. Just take that thought out of your mind that you're going to remember it later. So here's the thing: like while um, 
like more information and more tasks and more distractions and more responsibilities keep piling up on us, right? Just like life just seems to be getting crazier and more hectic and we get into, it's just more and more all the time. So this, but the space in our brains is not increasing, right? The number of hours we are is not increasing. Those are staying the same. So at some point, it's like things start falling through the cracks. We've all had it done. And sometimes they're of no consequence and sometimes they're of major consequence, right? And it's, and you're kicking yourself. You're like, if I just, you know, remember that or written that down. Um, and so, and those ideas pop up anytime. That's the other thing. We have no control over them. They're pop- popping up at the most random times. And so to think that we're going to remember it is just, it's a fallacy. It's, it's, it's not accurate. It's not right. It's just, just being dishonest. However, when you do start capturing those things, you will think more clearly. You're going to think at higher levels simply because that stress is alleviated, that something fell through the cracks or, you know, did I take that or did I write that down? You know, you don't have that feeling anymore. You will sleep better. There's no doubt you're going to sleep better. You're not going to wake up nearly as often at 3 a.m. thinking, you know, did I remember to send that email or, you know, take care of that task? You will be more present. Like you will have better listening skills. You will have better conversations. You will have better relationships and be more connected. Um, And then ultimately, yes, you'll just feel an increase in your productivity and creativity when you're not burning all that energy and pulling all that information from different parts of your brain all the time. Marissa, this has been a fantastic conversation. There's a lot more that we could get into, but I want people to pick up the book. The book is called Accomplish It, Seven Simple Actions to Get the Right Things Done and Achieve Your Goals. Where can people pick up the book and where can people keep up with you? You can come on over to Life is Organized on all the things on Facebook and Instagram or just come over to my website, lifeisorganized.com. And if for the book, you can check it out on Amazon, but also go to lifeisorganized.com forward slash accomplish it. Ruthie, I would love for, to see you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for joining me today on the Productivities Podcast. Thanks for having me. And there you go. That's how the podcast went down. I strongly encourage you to pick up Accomplish It, Seven Simple Actions to Get the Right Things Done and Achieve Your Goals. Marithu was gracious as a guest, and I would love to see you support her in the work that she does. If you want to get all of the relevant links and the talking points for this episode, go to productivityist.com slash podcast 281. Everything will be there. In addition, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to get more of them, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll get access to all of the episodes that I've done over the past five plus years. And when you subscribe, you'll automatically download any new episodes that I release every single week. So subscribe to the program. And if you enjoyed this episode, you could also give a rating and review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you are listening to podcasts. It really, really helps me figure out what I'm doing right and what I could improve upon. So ratings and reviews are really, really helpful. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivity is Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. See you later.